Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pandola Project. Hey now, welcome back everyone to the Pandola Project. I have my very special guest, Mrs. Madeline Hardacre, back with us today. Madeline, how are you? Very good, thank you. Everybody was actually talking about your podcast and uh, the... The main thing that I think we talked about that people really liked was just about having the right culture and environment and setting uh, for your your family and your kids and your health and, and your own fitness. But, you know, how you establish that type of culture was really well received. And I think we should talk a little bit more about that today. Okay. But first, um, of course, if you didn't listen to that yet, that was just uh, two episodes ago with Madeline Hardacre. And um, I think we, it was the magic pill episode. Yes, yes. There's no magic yeah, pill. There is no magic pill. No. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, just being that example, I think, is so important for ourselves and then, again, for our families and our, uh, especially our kids. We want to have that, that example. But let's talk a little bit more first about your business, Madeline. Sure. I want to make sure we get that out. And, um, you know, why are you here? Why are people listening to you again, Madeline? <laughs> no, but this is for women's health, a very important uh, subject. This is actually our first special edition podcast. You should feel very honored. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super <laughs> excited. I'm no, I'm I totally I'm honored. like geek out over this uh, topic. So um, absolutely. So it's all good. So uh, just just on that topic, we we know, of course, that men and women are, are different. Sure. And we do have different ways of uh, developing and adapting. And we may have similar trends in how we say strength train our female athletes in here. But there are many other differences that we have to consider, especially um, in the big uh, or the long-term picture of, of health, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And so I, I think this is a great thing to, to talk about and what you do for your female clients especially. Um, but a brief description again about what – I know you were an OBGYN for 20 years first, right? Yes, yes. It's, technically, I still am. I'm just not practicing um, that particular specialty at the moment. Gotcha. So you decided, though, let's talk about what you decided to do with your current business and why. What got you there? Why would you leave mm -hmm. a practice you were doing for 20 years and, say, get into a completely different or not completely different, sure, yeah. but, you know, you have Absolutely. to reboot, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, throughout my practice with obstetrics and gynecology, I always had a um, a real appreciation for the human body and like and what it could do when it was given um, the right environment um, just how beautifully it um, it all worked and um, my best example of that like when I did obstetrics I did a lot of um, medication free natural childbirth so I had just kind of a, a little niche practice in Indianapolis where I looked I worked a lot with uh, um, Bradley Method instructor who was an instructor who taught natural childbirth and um, anyway so I just kind of developed this this great practice in obstetrics there um, doing that and ultimately I decided to just do office-based gynecology and so for the past 10 years I've I have um, focused on that and 
and once again loved the office-based practice because I could um, I was dealing with people who were really for the most part looking for more conservative ways of handling their their um, their gynecologic issues so it wasn't just okay you know do a hysterectomy take everything out like uh, it was people who were wanting to really work with their body as as it was um, and so I really enjoyed that um, and then about two years ago a friend of mine mentioned um, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and when I started looking at like literally like the second I I opened up their like website I was like oh my gosh this is this is fantastic like this is me this is this is what I I really actually try to practice but it gave a name to it I, and I <laughs> that I didn't have before um, but it was um, really focusing on nutrition and physical activity and and stress management and and sleep and and those kinds of things to help manage health and um, anyway so I started training through the um, the ACLM or American College of Lifestyle Medicine and um, then ultimately became board certified in that specialty and throughout that process I kept talking to my husband about about my dream practice and like what I could really picture doing with this and it was having this this practice that was just focused on lifestyle medicine for women and you know he, I think he got tired of me talking about this because he was like why don't you just do it <laughs> and, so, and real quick yeah. your husband Michael yes he's a doctor too yes he is a radiation oncologist a radiation oncologist yes. okay and he he works uh, right here in Reno as well right yes he's at Renown Okay, and I just I mentioned that too because of course he is kind of part of that same culture and that way of thinking and Absolutely. understands what this can really do to help people. Yes, right? in fact, he spends a lot of time educating his patients on um, these lifestyle factors as well. He hasn't done the the formal training with ACLM, but he has le he's learned from me and. <laughs> so. Michael's a sexy man too, by the way. I, I'm serious. He's he's a good looking dude. Well, thank you. I yeah. think so. But. Oh man, I, and I, and I yeah, no, it, it's uh, I really enjoy though the fact that you guys have such a healthy lifestyle and you really do practice what you preach. And um, I ran it, uh, into him. This was pre-COVID, but we talked a little bit just about what he was doing in his own uh, training, and sure. I just love the fact that he was um and is still so uh into mm -hmm. being active and that yes. is obviously really um i think set the table up for a good influence not only for your kids but also your patients so when you or michael talk about these things to your patients i gotta imagine they're more likely to listen i i would think so i mean i think we are each talking to them with a lot of experience and our very familiar with what the challenges are and you know it is it, it it does take more time to cook a home-cooked meal every evening and it does take time to and and is difficult sometimes to figure out when the workout is going to happen during the day or and believe me I know how painful it is to get up at 4 30 in the morning and you know I mean so I I understand the challenges I've had three kids I've you know I've we, we balanced everything and, and I get it. Yeah. And I, well, okay. So I don't want to, I'm going to get off subject for a second <laughs> in a way. And then I promise this is going to circle yeah. back because I want to talk in more detail mm -hmm. about what you're sure. doing for, for women's mm -hmm. health. 
but I just met with my ENT. I'm going to have mm-hmm. surgery. Okay. So I'm going to have my tonsils removed. And I know that's going to suck. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I just, mm-hmm. people are saying, um, like, there's somebody that we know that had uh, her tonsils removed when she was an adult. Uh, let me tell you how bad it was. And I said, I don't even want to hear it. I just like yeah. to go into this stuff like, you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. No, I actually have somebody you need to talk to. Okay. Before surgery. Okay. Okay. Remind me. I will. Um, so, but. It's all my, about your mindset. My mindset. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I always need help with that. But uh, this is my point is he, I said to him, just my sleeping patterns have gotten so difficult mm-hmm. and I really feel like uh, the uh, sleep apnea has, has really gotten worse in the last uh, year or so. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really need help with this. I snore really, mm-hmm. uh, really loudly. Oh, lucky Aaron. Right. Well, she actually had to start sleeping in another yeah, room. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so, and we'll get to Aaron because I think this is where I want you to help mm-hmm. her. But I, I told him I thought it was really last couple of years, and he just shook mm-hmm. his head and he said, "No, no, no. Uh, you, you, you probably should have had your tonsils removed, you know, when you were uh, twenty or something, right? But you just got used to it, and now uh, as you've gotten older." And, you know, I'm in my fours, but, but he said, now you're just really noticing a lot more because you you know, your recovery patterns, uh, aren't as good as they were when you were 20, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to do some work on my deviated mm-hmm. septum. I have a lot of scar tissue mm-hmm. up there. So we're going to do, uh, really two things in the surgery. And, um, anyways, he said, yeah, afterwards you're going to get so much more air through your nose and you're going to sleep, uh, so much better. Um, you know, he said, uh, it, it should completely eliminate the, the sleep apnea Mm -hmm. issues and that sort. And he said, once you start getting a a really solid night's sleep over time, obviously I know that's going to really make a big difference, big impact. Mm -hmm. And then the athlete side of me is thinking about how much more I can do if I get yeah, more I mean, recovery. You're going to notice a di- huge difference, I would guess. People are, that like, have been through it are telling me like. From a recovery standpoint. And, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, like, like life changing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But, okay, so my point to this, though, is that I was so used to the chronic fatigue mm-hmm. and so used to just. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd have like, okay, one, two, then three nights of just not getting great sleep. Then I get so tired by the fourth mm-hmm. day and then I just crash mm-hmm. and then I feel okay again. And then it starts all over mm-hmm. again. And I think that when you just get so used to things being the way they are mm-hmm. and you accept them mm-hmm. And it's really silly because I'm thinking to myself, why did I not come here and talk to this ENT, uh, you know, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Because I was already 20 years ago starting to feel some of the effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that is an interesting subject to talk about with a lot of the clients that you're seeing. Because I know with Aaron, she deals with um, just a, the typical female mm-hmm. issues. Sure. And, and that really does take a a good chunk of her month, Sure, you know? And so, right. And, and I, and I, that's what we've been talking about too, is she's so healthy, um, in every way really, but 
this is an area where she needs help in from mm-hmm. a professional, just mm-hmm. like I do from my ENT. And there's only so much that you can do on your own. And you do need to talk to your doctor and you do need to communicate and figure out what can be done because some things can really make a big difference in, in your life. And why, why wait, why put mm-hmm. it off? Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like I, I see people all the time who, <laughs> once they, they come in and when they, and we sit down and we spend some time together talking and then all of a sudden it's like this light bulb, bulb goes off and they're like why like I don't know why I I haven't addressed this sooner I mean um you know I do think we as you said you just kind of get used to what's happening and you don't realize maybe how good your body could feel if you you know tweaked some things a little bit or you know not saying that taking your tonsils out is a little tweak but that's kind of a big one but um you know there there are things through seeing a professional that you can learn to do to try to improve quality of life definitely right it's as well it's like if somebody says to me my shoulder hurts when i when i lift this way mm-hmm. but you know it always hurts and i'm just mm-hmm. kind of used to it mm-hmm. and i'm like well that's why you're here that's why you right. hired me but first of all don't lift that way right let's start there <laughs> right <laughs> but they're just so used to it and they just accept right. it right. right and i think it's a, is a natural especially you know we have so many other things in our lives that we have to stay focused on we have mm-hmm. to provide and we have to you know, get up every day and make sure that we are um, doing what we need to do for our families. And I think when it comes to ourselves, that takes the back seat a lot of times. Oh, I know. Yeah, self care is is it's so important. And and I think, um, I mean, I think, I think women and men both have an issue with it in different ways. But um, but it does kind of fall on the back burner. And and the other thing I think is. I mean, particularly from a gynecology standpoint, is there are these changes in our bodies that happen over time, and women get this this um, approach to it that it's just age, and there's nothing they can do about it. They they think they have to just accept it. I don't, uh, is it okay if I get into a little gynecology? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I spent um, the past few years before I, I stopped practicing gynecology, I, I worked in a urogynecology office, so... I saw a lot of women who were, who were, um, who had urinary incontinence and, um, so many of them thought that it was just something that happened as they got older and there was nothing to do about it. And, you know, so they they would let it go on for years, like years of leaking urine. And then... (laughs) I love it. <laughs> Somebody would mention to them that actually there were things they could do for it. And so then they'd come to see me. But, but And they were amazed that, and, and just couldn't believe that they hadn't. <laughs> so anyway, ladies, you, if you're out you there. Do you pee yourselves? <laughs> if you do, call Madeline really, now. <laughs> I will direct you, in the right, you know, to, to, the, to the right person. But, um, but yeah, I mean, things like that. Like we just think, okay, th- this is part of aging. Well, no. Like no let's see somebody and fix it i often pee myself but it has nothing to do with that so (laughs) great yeah so it reminds me though of if if i um i I, aaron and i were talking about this Mm -hmm. again because she i have so much respect for her as a person as a mother Mm -hmm. and uh and of course as a professional 
but what I was telling you, like, imagine, okay, you get into a plane, and before you take off, first thing they do is they make you watch that video. Yes. And before you're going to put that uh, that uh, air mask on your mm-hmm. child, you're supposed to put it on yourself first. Right. You know where I'm getting to here. Yes. Because Aaron is so, like, everything that Mia needs comes first, mm-hmm. which I think is such a great thing that she wants to be that. But at the same time, what about what about taking care of yourself so you can uh, do an even better job with, with Mia? And it goes back to even with, with me with um, getting this sleep apnea issue taken care of. Now I'm not going to be as grumpy because sometimes I feel like I – if you catch me on the wrong day, sure. oh, I you know most definitely, yeah, and I it's like I I really legitimately, full transparency, one of the main reasons drove me in to see the ENT is I was I was kind of getting short and grumpy uh, by that fourth day or so, mm-hmm. and you know nobody around me deserves that, and I but I didn't want to sure. use an excuse there just well just this is how it is it, it's got to we can I can do something here I should at least try. And so, you know, that that's kind of my end of it. But I think with um, Aaron is uh, very much like the I think the a lot of the parents out there listening where they don't put themselves mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And I think especially that uh, that mother who, you know, just has that instinct that, you know, mama bear, I'm here to, you know. Right. To, and then even without kids, though, I think in general, uh, what you said about especially as women age. Just the misconceptions out there mm-hmm. about well, this just is what it mm-hmm. is, you know. And and you're not um, women uh, are and men are thought of, I think, differently. Like men, when they age, oh, he's aging so gracefully, mm-hmm. right? I've had yeah. tons of wrinkles, <laughs> and that somehow you're like looks mature, <laughs> right? Distinguished, right? Which is funny because I'm neither. <laughs> Um, You're wise and distinguished. <laughs> it's, I am. I am not. I'm not either. But uh, but it, it it's true. And then and then yeah, Erin. I you know she mm-hmm. takes such good care of her skin, and she makes sure mm-hmm. that she's wearing the sun hats, and mm-hmm. she's not getting, and also that you know uh, you know she doesn't get the wrinkles, or at mm-hmm. least I'm simplifying it. Mm-hmm. But so there's a lot more pressure on women, I think, when it comes to those type of things too, right? Yeah, I think. And I don't know exactly where it comes from. Like, Men. Why, why? Yeah. Why we? D- <laughs> you, because we suck. So. We suck. <laughs> we suck, Madeline. Because I think there's like nothing more beautiful than a woman aging naturally. And um, I agree. You know, so. Uh, I agree. But there certainly is in our culture this this feeling like that we aren't supposed to. And. Let's just talk about for a minute, because I know a lot of people listening are probably realizing that they probably do need to communicate with somebody like you mm-hmm. and start. This. So let's talk a little bit about what is the process. If I if if Aaron is going to call you and say, mm-hmm. hey, I, I'd like mm-hmm. to make an appointment. Mm-hmm. But what's this all about? Like, how are you going to help me? So pretend mm-hmm. I'm Aaron for a second. Mm-hmm. Madeline. <laughs> no, Aaron's voice is more like Madeline. <laughs> How can I help you? No, no, no. Okay, I'm going to get in trouble. But, uh, Madeline, how how can you help me today? What uh, what would okay, you say you to me? Okay, you just use your own voice. Oh, okay, and I okay. Will, I will. Okay. I will imagine. I'm sure, everybody answer. will appreciate that. So, how would you help? No, you know what? Um, 
with most of my patients, I start off with just a phone call that's for 15 or 20 minutes just to kind of get a feel for what what they're in need of and what they're looking for and what I do and making sure that it matches up before we do anything formal. Um, just because um, lifestyle medicine, <laughs> as we discussed um, last week, it like there is not a magic pill. So if people are coming in, you know, looking for a, a quick fix of something, that's that's not necessarily what I what I'm doing. And so, you know, I like to have that conversation and really see what make sure that people are, are people are wanting to see me for something that I feel that I can help them with. Um, and then, um, yeah, once I get them scheduled, actually, my initial consult we spend ninety minutes together. Um, that's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's, and so here's the thing. When I said, when I was talking about me telling my husband my ideal dream practice, um, that was part of it. Like I wanted to have the opportunity. I wanted to design something that was all my own, that was just me having the time I wanted with people. Um, and I think the, the medical visits that we have these days, like it's really hard to do something and, and feel like you really help somebody in 15 or 20 minutes, like particularly with what I, what I do and, and even in gynecology, like it's it's so hard to, f to really feel like you get to the, to um, kind of the nitty gritty of what's going on. And when I have 90 minutes with somebody, I feel like I get maybe not that full picture, but I get much closer to it than I get in 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> So I love it. I love it. So, um, you know, and I have them do some paperwork beforehand so that when when they come in, I've already reviewed their past medical history, their sur surgical history, their medications. I I'm familiar with all of that from what they fill out and they write down what their um, priorities are with the visit, because really when it comes down to it, I want to um, I want to address their um their problems I don't want to like I don't want it to be my agenda I want it to be theirs and so really kind of focus on what they're looking to accomplish with the visit um, we do a very thorough discussion of nutrition um, kind of looking at it where they've been in the past and where they are currently um, exercise stress sleep um, kind of getting into what their support systems are because some women have have really great support at home and some women don't at all and then um, one of the things I like to do with that is is try to to help them find some support systems because it's really hard to make lifestyle changes if you have no one else that's on the same page <laughs> yeah no and and re this is just we're in the health field obviously we do different things mm -hmm. But there's so many similarities, too. Yeah. And uh, my initial assessment with an athlete takes 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when I first uh, started really getting into the industry, if a trainer even did an assessment, in other mm -hmm. words, a lot of times people, especially I think now it's getting a little bit better, but I think it was just come into a class and yeah. I'll watch you when you're doing stuff and I'll correct you as you're going, but there's no mm -hmm. assessment. And mm -hmm. I tell people if there's no assessment, walk away. But 
uh, if there even was an assessment, it was, I think, oftentimes like 15 minutes mm-hmm. of, well, let me see you squat. Let me see you, you know, in these different archetypes. And, okay, that's good. Um, what was the point of the assessment? Because you're just going to run them through the same stuff anyway, the same right. uh, workouts, I mean. And so uh, that's where I think if you really want to get to know somebody establishing that base in the first impression is so important, but unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's so rare because you actually want to get to know your clients, which is weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I think in, in medicine, I, I, I did get, I got tired of, um, well, one, those quick visits and just, um, just prescribe like the answer being a prescription. And, and I'm really, um, with lifestyle medicine, really get away from that approach. And yeah, I really want to know people. And because I can't help them with their lifestyle if I don't understand their challenges that they're dealing with. Because ultimately, um, as far as I'm concerned, none of it is cookie cutter. Like there is not a, like as far as nutrition or exercise or any of it, it's not black and white. It's not like, okay, yep, here's your, I mean, it's very much like your assessments. Um, You know, you don't have the same assessment and plan for each person. Um, So I really like to to take that time and understand what their vision is, what they're wanting out of that appointment, what their challenges are going to be, um, and then do like some brainstorming around how they can make that happen. Yeah, no, that's so what what we're talking about in uh, the Monday motivation. Is there a magic pill? Mm -hmm. And I mentioned before that I got a lot of good comments just about your culture with your family and people Mm -hmm. really like that. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a follow up um, Thursday conversation that went out with um, tough love. And Mm -hmm. that was with Annie Turner, Mm -hmm. Katie's mom. And and uh, I think that's people really latched on to that. But I, what I want to get back to with the original point of that Monday motivation episode was this uh, sort of pill problem that Mm -hmm. we're having. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if part of it is not because in medical school now, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but how much do you actually study nutrition and exercise Mm -hmm. those things and because I think a lot of people just assume, well, this doctor knows. Yeah, you know what? Not at all. Yeah, d- definitely don't assume that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, you know, I think. Uh, I read a book. Pro- right. right. I, I, from what I understand, um, medical schools are getting better about incorporating nutritional education into their programs. And I know, um, uh, I think a lot of it's being led by um medical school lifestyle medicine interest groups there are medical students that are standing up and saying hey we want to learn this information and kind of making it happen within their schools um, which i think is phenomenal i know when i go to the um the lifestyle medicine conferences there are like a growing number of medical students there um so which just like gives me so many glimmers of hope so that's good but yeah as far as you know 25 24 years ago whenever I trained very very little nutrition um, um, so you know if your physician um, knows nutrition it 
it's likely something that they have a special interest in and have pursued that education outside of their formal training. Wonderful. We were just talking before the podcast. We had another doctor and a friend of yours that happened to be training with mm-hmm. me today. It was funny because my, my ADD, I'm introducing you and you guys have been like, <laughs> you're actually having dinner together tomorrow well, no, night. It, it was good though because I didn't have my glasses on, so I, I am blind and I could not <laughs> tell that it was him. So, so uh, but we just got to talking in general about a few things here with um, with with our influences, I guess you would say, around us and what's really happening there. Mm-hmm. And if you are ready, because... Um, we, we were just talking about an athlete who wasn't really ready to strength train yet anyways. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, you know, I really, if I had to do it again with that particular athlete, I would say that I should have held off. I, sh- I probably should have done a better assessment as a coach there to say, you know, let's wait a couple of years. Let's, let's mm-hmm. wait until you're really ready for this. And I think mm-hmm. I've learned that better, especially in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I know that a lot of people aren't ready mm-hmm. to make changes. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes, though, when it comes to, to, to health, I mean, we're talking about strength training, I think, very important for the long game, but especially for performance with athletes. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily something that's going to be um, a high risk factor um, or, or potentially something that uh, could end their life if they don't, mm-hmm. they don't get stronger, sure. right? But in your profession, there's a little bit more urgency maybe for somebody who's not ready to mm-hmm. still get help and make some changes. But but mm-hmm. I know you're trying to say, let's avoid the pills. We don't need right. that. So how do we address that? How do we get people comfortable? I mean, I think in you're so personable as a mm-hmm. doctor. I know that I would be very comfortable talking to you about you know what I mm-hmm. need, and, and that's great. But then... You're also very uh, fit, though, mm-hmm. which I think is a good uh, example. I love that that you're a doctor and you're so uh, you're so fit and healthy, and you believe in your mm-hmm. lifestyle. But does that also maybe uh, make some people feel like, well, she doesn't get it; she doesn't get me because I'm really overweight, or she doesn't have these problems; she doesn't have the fat gene like I do. Mm-hmm. You know, she does; she won't get it. Um, you know, is mm-hmm. that, I'm asking, I think, uh, too many questions maybe at once, but, uh, let's mm-hmm. just stick with that. Like what, what mm-hmm. is it that you would say to these people to maybe help them get them in the door and get started? You know, I think I, I, I at least feel like I do a good job of meeting people where they are. Um, because you know what, even, and I can think of a couple people as examples who um, maybe when I first spoke to them really did not seem ready, but when you start looking at all those different components of their life and lifestyle and you know the nutrition, the exercise, the stress, and you start looking at those different components and talking to them about just little things that they could maybe do to, to optimize. You know, I have not come across anybody who didn't immediately actually come up with something they were ready to do. Mm. And it might have been something li- like little, like exchanging um, one of their sodas a day for, you know, a bottle of water or something. You know, I mean, but it, it's actually really fun for me to see even those people find, like easily find steps they were ready to take. And 
So, um, you know, a lot of our conversations, or a lot of the conversations I have with patients are kind of figuring out, like, yeah, where where are they in that um, spectrum of readiness for change? I love that. What's the average age group that you see? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, the range is 14 to 80. Um, so a really wide range of people. And, um, you know, I would say probably the, the predominant, like late, like late 50s, early 60s would fit a lot of my patients. But okay. I have a big range there. Yeah. And, well, that's what kind of was, I was going to get to mm-hmm. is by the time they see you in their 50s or 60s, I bet that they probably should have seen you younger. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I'm thrilled that they're there. They're that there point, at that point. I would say a lot of those women are, are women who have, um, you know, they've they've raised their family, they've had their career, they've spent all that time putting other people first, and now all of a sudden it's kind of starting to catch up with them with their health. They might now find themselves on some medications they really weren't planning on being on, and things like that. And so all of a sudden they're in a situation where, Hey, I actually can make myself the priority now and they're ready to do it. And so, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you're just trying to uh, give them good information, helping them with their why, Mm -hmm. right? We talked Mm -hmm. about that just a little bit too. What do you think is missing there? I almost, I, I heard something about that I liked. It was basically about excuses anyways, though. Mm-hmm. And just every time somebody's making some sort of excuse, I think that there's also a little bit of damage there, too. And then there can also be blaming mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. And it becomes that defense mechanism. But I also think, you know, you've gotten so good at these excuses and blaming these other things. But what, how is that serving you now? Like, how's that helping you now? Mm-hmm. And, okay, even if you're right, even if all these excuses are correct, even if you were, you know, kind of handed a, a bad deal when it comes to genetics or, you know, you were in a car accident and, you know, whatever it was, okay, that, that happens. But, um, you know, I heard something like if you're – it's like you're drinking poison, but you expect – you expect it to affect uh, something else or someone else, mm-hmm. right? right? And it's going to it's going to uh, end up uh, catching up with you. It's going to end up um, potentially killing you. And so, what we're talking about here is super important that people, I think, get that help and the communication that they need. And there's a different, um, I think, set of principles that you're talking about when you're saying, uh, "Let's take the more natural route." Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it would be nice to talk a little bit about what um, what your ideas are on that. What is to you maybe a few basic steps that people could do, even if they're not going to see you, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to nutrition and just mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle? And people aren't going to get out there and do a 50K trail run like you, oh. most likely, but that's okay. What, el- oh, what that's can a- they do? Um. I mean, first of all, when we're talking about the more natural route, I, um, I want to clarify. Like, I'm not like against m- medications for management of disease, and so, 
um, you know, when I see a patient, I work with their primary care doctor or their cardiologist. Like, my plan is to to add to their care, not replace their care with these other specialists. And and um, I do sometimes see people who are like maybe they've been on a medication for diabetes or hypertension or something, and they're hoping to change their lifestyle and possibly get off that medication. But then I work closely with those people that prescribe that medication to try to to help that patient come off of it. So, so I'm not just saying, oh, no, like you can't take any medication <laughs> for anything. Right. Sometimes <laughs> it actually is needed. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it is, I do have to say, it's like really satisfying when people get, so the term is de-prescribing medication. So when we get to like actually de-prescribe something, it's so much fun and, and, and patients are really happy to like, come off of some of their medications sometimes in a very safe way. So that's wonderful. And okay. So let me put it this way though, for, um, just overall health. Yes. Yes. Now I forgot. No, that's okay. Cause was. it was still a good point, but, uh, no, oh, yes. just some takeaways. Oh, yes. Uh, cause we'll, you'll kind of finish up with these takeaways. I think so you mm-hmm. have, I, I tell people a lot of times, for example, that I think you should move more. Mm-hmm. Let's just start mm-hmm. there. I try to keep it simple. Um, I don't like diets, and so I just want people to move more, and I call them six-second decisions, yeah. but just just make a little bit better of a decision, um, and then if you didn't like uh, your decision there, that's okay. You can make another one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and really, I think it gets overwhelming with all the information out there, mm-hmm. and then you just have people, well, I just, I joined uh, this, um, you know, kind of fitness uh, camp or whatever mm-hmm. I was, and and um, I got into that, and it was it was difficult. I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was a lot. I got through it. But then when the class ended, I just kind of went back to things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want people to understand how to make some permanent changes. So I I tend to um, kind of gravitate more towards mm-hmm. incremental changes, mm-hmm. and I like the idea of moving more first. And then I think when you're moving more. You want to maybe make better choices, maybe not have that soda, maybe even just have the bubbly water with some lemon lime um, in in it instead. Uh, But, you know, I think you also just you release more endorphins that make you feel better and then you don't feel like having the junk food as much, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So uh, what would you say to to that? What's like maybe your number one recommendation that people do to get Mm -hmm. in a better place with their overall health? Yeah, you know what? like three things come to mind. I, um, from a sleep standpoint, I think creating a consistent bedtime routine, which is fairly simple, but something where you're like just turning your brain off and putting away electronics and maybe doing some stretching or a little meditation or something at a consistent time every night, which is going to set you up for a good night's sleep, which is then going to help you do all the other things, you know, the, I, I don't know. I just think s- sleep is so important for our long-term health. And so, you know, if you, f- if you get a better night's sleep, you're going to feel better during the day. You're going to make healthier choices with your meals. You're going to exercise and move more, you know, it's just going to set you up for success the next day. All right. We're, I'm doing a fist bump with Madeline right now, <laughs> six feet apart. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, uh, just because as you know, again, strength coach, I went right to movement first and you mm-hmm. absolutely trumped me and you're absolutely right. It, it, the recovery is, is the most important thing. Um, and I was for a long time, 
um, you know, I had the blue light or whatever. I had the screen in front of me. I was working later, but um, but then I I did get into this bad habit of kind of watching. I've been working all day. I want to shut my brain off. I'm going to watch some Netflix, but I'll put my blue light glasses on. And anyways, then I ended up just trying to read books on my iPad because they're so easy to order them there. And I'm watching, but I have my blue light glasses on, and I'm told that that makes a big difference. Anyways. Then um, I still have my sleep apnea, so that's mm-hmm. another issue altogether. Mm-hmm. But I would have a hard time falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So finally, I just started actually ordering real books again, mm-hmm. and that's what I do now. In fact, I gave you one of my favorite yes. books I've read recently. I appreciate it. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, we're you know that's um, that that's a good book I think for anybody who's uh, into history and being active and things like that. Um, but that's the uh, the the natural natural born heroes. Thank you. Christopher McDougall. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. that book. But anyways, you know, and I would uh, literally I just switched over to reading an actual book and uh, I have my my highlighter and mm-hmm. I, I go through it. Uh, maybe I get through, oh, I don't know, five, six pages, maybe mm-hmm. 10 pages. And I usually just start falling asleep yep. and then that's it. And I get uh, sleep much, much quicker. So I don't care what anybody says, blue light glasses or or not. I think blue light glasses maybe do help a little bit. But for me, it made a big difference when I just went back to just reading an actual book. Yep. I think a good old-fashioned book. And um, I also love the um, guided meditations that are out there. Um, you know, Headspace, Calm, 10% Happier. I don't, there's a number of different apps that um, – offer guided meditations there's nice free versions of them um, and doing just five or ten minutes of that um, just to to calm your brain um, after reading or you know and, and they just really can work wonders headspace worked for me mm-hmm. i used yeah, that headspace is my favorite too <laughs> yeah it's a good one yeah the british um, accent i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and um uh, so my athletes have uh, are using Headspace actually, and uh, so I, I do think that was that's another great suggestion. So meditation, mm-hmm. and for uh, an app like Headspace though, or just any app that you like, um, mm-hmm. it, to me, especially, I never really felt like meditation really worked for me. But this, the app, kind of gives you sort of uh, almost like a structure around, yes. right? So it's it's funny because you're trying to let go, but I actually needed like uh, somebody mm-hmm. to sort of talk me through it, mm-hmm. right? You know what? And what is really amazing, actually, this drives my husband crazy, but I used Headspace to help me fall asleep for so long that then after time, I realized that I knew the routine myself, and so I don't even um, I don't even turn Headspace on anymore. I actually just consciously take myself, take my brain to that point and go through the breathing exercises that I learned. And I 100% of the time fall asleep. I mean, Same here. I just put myself to sleep whenever I want. So <laughs> same, yeah, no, exactly the same here. I, I, I experienced the same mm-hmm. thing where I, I felt like it did help for, and mm-hmm. then I didn't really It gave really me need that to. structure and, and gave me the the routine and the confidence to know that, okay, if I take my brain, it really empowered me is what it did because it made me realize, okay, if I take my brain through these steps, then sleep is the result. And I love it. Yeah. And so any other, um, you said three, oh, I think uh, we got two. Okay. Um, well, I definitely agree with the move more and, um, and really 
um, I mean, of course, I love strength training, but to me, for my patients, I don't care what they do. I mean, if it's if it's kayaking or hiking or um, racquetball or pickleball or what, whatever it is, um, if it's something they enjoy, then start there. Just start with you. Start moving in a way that feels just natural and fun to you, and um, the rest will kind of develop with time. And then my third thing would be, from a nutrition standpoint, um, you know what? I really encourage people to just start cooking more at home, like less processed food. Um, you know, I think that's a perfect place to start is, okay, maybe you still eat bread, but you make your own or you, um, you know, you make your own energy bars or you make your own, like, you know, if we just use our kitchens a little more and stop buying packaged things, like, I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Oh man. Uh, you used to train here with Mike Stoker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a big thing that he really believes in. He's cooking mm-hmm. with his family. Mm-hmm. I know my, my wife's family is the same way. They, they make mm-hmm. everything from scratch mm-hmm. together, and it's, it's, a, it's a family experience. That's mm-hmm. one I have to admit mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. I haven't done. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to start mm-hmm. doing that at some point because I do believe that's, that's huge. But, you know, uh, really great suggestion there. And I, and I love – I think that when you make your own food, almost like even you don't have to grow everything yourself no, too, no. but you know. I try, but it does the deer eat. <laughs> I had this huge pot of, I had these pots of greens growing on my patio and we went out of town for the weekend and, and the deer ate like every, uh, every single leaf. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, and that's where uh, Aaron's dad, he, he has his gardens and mm-hmm. he's teaching me a little bit more about uh, growing these things. And we did just some simple tomato plants in our backyard. Um, and Mia, she, her responsibility was to water them. Uh-huh. And then we ate the tomatoes when they grew. Yep. And it was a great experience. And I think that uh, that just puts more value into food itself. You know what? Um, Mia would love is you guys growing your own sprouts and microgreens. You can do that just on your kitchen counter, and it's so easy. I always have – I kind of drive my kids crazy because I have – they're like, why are things growing all over our counters all the time? But I do um, bean sprouts, bro- broccoli sprouts, radish sprouts. <laughs> I mean, I've sprouted just about any seed. You can. But um, anyway, it's so easy and so fun, and then you have just these fresh sprouts, which – are actually so much more delicious than like what you buy in the container at the grocery store that's like kind of soupy and gross. Man, you, I mean, you're giving really great suggestions here. I just, I love it because I, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought of that. And and well, plants make fast. a big difference. Yeah, the like alfalfa sprouts, you, um, you'll have them in like three days. Yeah, right. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Like you can see them change from like morning to afternoon. Like and meal, it's got good meal. aroma too. Yeah. Like Mia would love it. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, we're gonna do that. Cause, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's a great suggestion. Like uh, yeah, I'll tell you where to get your seeds and stuff. Yeah, and then I, and to your second point about just basically get out there and play a little bit, whatever yeah. you like to do. I just love that you brought that up because um, when we're kids, we just play, and then mm-hmm. somehow when we get to be adults, it's, it's we're not supposed mm-hmm. to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what you just said, like I just. 
I fell in love with trail running again because during COVID, I just got lost in the woods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's just for me at this point, I think for you as well, that's just, that's just mm -hmm. play. Yeah. Right. Can I tell a great story? Absolutely. This? And, uh, yeah. you tell the story and then, um, guys, it's, it's short. yeah, no, please. <laughs> uh, you will. And then guys, we're just going to finish off with what, uh, how you can reach Madeline, but yeah, tell that story. Let's, okay. let's finish this, off with okay. a bang. This happened years ago, soon after I came out of training and I had, seen this woman one year for her just like annual checkup and she came back the following year and was 70 pounds lighter and I was just amazed and and gave her you know lots of um uh, you know I was super proud of her but I was curious what she had done and she said you know what last year you said something that really um stuck with me and made a huge difference and she said you know, I, I'd never been very active in my life. I'd never really exercised. She said, but you told me that I did not have to become a runner and that I did not have to join a gym, but that I just needed to find something that I enjoyed doing. And she said, so I really had no idea what I enjoyed doing because I'd never really been active. So she said, I, the YMCA was near my house and I just started joining some of their classes. And she said, I went to a beginner racquetball clinic. And she's like, and I had so much fun. And she's like, so then I joined like the beginner racquetball league. And she was like, and then I started getting really like much better at racquetball. And so I was spending like every evening playing racquetball. I wasn't sitting on my couch eating and everything. And she's like, and then I realized I was starting to lose weight. The more weight I lost, the better I was at racquetball. Like I was actually quite competitive and she's like and so she goes the whole thing just really snowballed and now you know I I play racquetball every night and and you know eat healthy meals and I feel fantastic so but it was like it and it happened at a point in my career that I think was really important because you know it happened very early in my career and it made me realize that just even spending like that 30 seconds with a patient and making that comment like it's going to stick with some people and so you know, that's it's crazy, too, because sometimes you say something just even in passing or, or something and you don't realize I've had athletes say something to me. Uh, you said this to me five years ago mm -hmm. and it made a major impact. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember <laughs> I said it. Right. You know, but then it also it reminds me, man, it's it's important to uh, to really pay attention mm -hmm. to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's such a great story. I love that you told her, you know, I think, you know, even though I'm a gym owner, uh, yeah, I don't, I tell people that not, you don't necessarily need mm -hmm. to be in, uh, in a gym and there are other things you mm -hmm. can do now. I, you know, I will say, I think, uh, as we've talked about good protocol, at least, and to do things sure. on your own, just to say mm -hmm. for racquetball to mm -hmm. keep up with the, the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the shoulder girdle and, mm -hmm. and, and centigration and things like that, but that can be done at home. Right. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Like, uh, but what a great story about how you decided that you were going to just uh, try something new, and it got you to move more, and then become like uh, just have so much fun moving more, mm -hmm. and then start playing again. And then all of a sudden, you've unlocked the key to weight loss, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or right. more than weight loss, obviously. Yeah. You know, just long. I mean, she was like health. a whole new person. I mean, it. it like her attitude, her, her confidence, her, like everything was just. When you said she lost 70 pounds, uh, I thought you were going to tell me she had a baby. No. <laughs> that was just going to be a quick joke. 
Um, anyway, yep. <laughs> you know, leave it to me to ruin yeah. your story. Okay, so um, yeah. Madeline, that's wonderful. And now, uh, just tell people about where they can reach you. And um, yes, you know, and 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 maybe again, you said from fourteen on. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is something that um, that we need to think about uh, in in the earlier stages too, possibly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so I see. Yeah, I see. Uh, you know. Teens, um, I, I have patients that are in, you know, at UNR. I have, you know, it, it really, um, um, you know, I have people that come see me just wanting to make, you know, they have no chronic illnesses or anything, but they're just wanting to make sure that they're the doing everything they can to prevent those things down the road. And so really I see the full spectrum. And then um, you can find me, womenshealthelevated.com is my website. Um, I also... Um, do a lot on Instagram with Women's Health Elevated, just, I don't know, recipes and different, I don't know, just really I just have fun. My my child has told me that I, I don't do a very good job like with a branding, like, <laughs> like it's not uniform, so I apologize if you look at my Instagram and think that I don't have uniform branding, but... <laughs> I have fun and it's authentically me, so that's all that counts. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, you're an, uh, more of an educator than an influencer, yeah. so go figure your branding isn't perfect, right? <laughs> right? Tell me about it. You know, trust me, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I, I, I do believe that the message that you got across today, the right, the right. Um, uh, person who's going to really uh, educate themselves or want to educate themselves will will find mm-hmm. people like you and seek people like you out, yeah. and that's the kind of people that we we really want to help, right? I mean, we like to try to make a difference with our communities and with everybody, but in truth, like we say, they have to be ready. And I think mm-hmm. when they're more interested mm-hmm. in being educated than influenced, they're ready mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you so much for. You're so welcome. You're this awesome. Was fun. Yeah. No. You. You're a. You're. You're a natural, and I uh, really appreciate you coming back today. Our first special edition with Woo-hoo. Madeline Hardaker. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time.